You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. So if you need batteries for your truck, batteries for your trail cameras, TV remote controls, flashlights, you name it, Interstate Batteries has what you need. They have thousands of retail locations all over the United States. So stop in, talk to a battery specialist, or for more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Welcome to the Huntivore Podcast, where we celebrate our hunting and fishing lifestyle through the utilization and consumption of our wild game. No egos, no status, just catch it, cut it, and cook it. This is episode 43, podcast critic Matt McCulloch with At Hunt Pod. In this episode, Nick connects with the man behind the genius of Hunt Pod, Matt McCulloch. Matt has created a directory of sorts and critique of popular hunting and fishing podcasts. Nick steps past the usual divide of creator and critic and gets into what makes a good podcast and if our channels make a difference in listeners' approach to the way that they hunt and fish. One side note, uh, you might hear throughout the episode some video game music and scuttling upstairs. Uh, those are my kids, and during the edit, I didn't realize that that was coming through, so I do apologize. Anyway, on with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Huntivore. Uh, got a guest tonight. He um, he kind of plays a behind-the-scenes role. Uh, you don't see him up front on the social media platform. He kind of plays this uh, behind-the-scenes but still involved role in helping us get our contact or our content. Um, in fact, I think he has consumed more information about everything hunting and fishing from podcasts than any other person on earth. I imagine he has forgotten more than what I even know. He also writes way better show notes than I can, and I'm thinking maybe I need to hire this guy uh, on our short two-person staff. But anyway, I am talking with Matt uh, from HuntPod on Instagram. Matt, thanks a whole bunch for uh, joining us this evening. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. That, that's a heck of an intro. I don't think I write better show notes than you. You pretty much translate everything that happens. Well, I know there's moments in where I'm just kind of summarizing what I think I remember from the conversation, and, you know, I had to go back and listen to it, but then you're you're picking out points, too, that I was like, I totally even forgot I mentioned that. Yep. 
that's kind of how I, I do it too is uh, sometimes I don't post it even after listening to it for a day or a few days you know I have a couple from last week I listen to I haven't had the time to post and it's like what were the key points that I kind of remember and that's that's my notes so so as you're you're consuming all this because I not only just see mine pop up on your feed but I see a whole load of of other podcasts um what is your mild-mannered day pro- day profession that uh, lets you put earbuds in and then just go? Uh, what what do you do during the day there, Matt? I am a packaging engineer, and working now in Michigan, that revolves around the auto industry. So I sit all day staring at CAD of uh, parts for new cars coming out, and it's usually a kind of a competition, you know, between us and other companies of who can pack the most parts in a truck and you get the business. So while I'm sitting there staring at a screen all day, I just have podcasts running in the background in my headphones. So you're, you're playing Tetris for money and then you're just listening to podcasts all day. That doesn't sound like half bad of a job some days. Yep. It just, sometimes you get distracted by one or the other and you try and keep, keep yourself in a winning mindset. (laughs) Where did you get the idea to, to start basically a podcast directory. Um, I had I had launched an episode, and actually I, I went back to see which episode was even the first one. Um, but anyway, I was super surprised that all of a sudden this guy named uh, Hunt Pod was reposting basically my podcast. And yeah, like I said, like awesome write-ups to, to what we were talking about. What gave you the idea to then be able to bring this information to the forefront? So I guess my original idea was kind of, I mean, there's this guy, I I don't really like him, but everybody says that's who motivated them to get started into something, and it's uh, that Gary V, entrepreneur. Um, he has a couple, like, audio books and podcasts and stuff out there that are supposedly, you know, the best motivational speaking uh, to listen to and I was listening to one of his things and he said if you don't have some sort of online presence you're putting your whole family behind because that's where everything's moving and I was like you know I I kind of need to do something and what's something I could do just for free on my own with just my phone you know things I have my headphones um, and I thought there's there's food critics there's movie critics why not a podcast critic I love you know, listen to podcasts. So find your niche. You know, I really like hunting podcasts. Kind of start down that line and start sharing them. I'm always sending them to my friends anyways, saying like, hey, listen to this. They had, you know, this expert shooter on, gives a few tips or, hey, check this out. You know, this guy was doing something we should try. So figured my buddies like it and they, you know, like that I was sending stuff to them. Maybe other people would too. Yeah, I find it. I mean, I... I know a little bit about Gary V. Um, yeah, like you said, very polarizing, kind of like a, a Tom Brady sort of fellow. Yeah. If you follow NFL, he's, you either love him or you hate him. But even a, <laughs> either way, he's uh, he's probably going to be right. Yep, and he's just that very New York in your face kind of voice, and that's why it's kind of like, man, he grinds me a little bit the wrong way as a Midwesterner, but <laughs> but he's got good ideas, so. Well, awesome. I love that you're taking that to the next level. And yeah, if being an online presence, like you got to, 
you know, find a niche market that you can work in. Um, being a podcast critic, that's, uh, that's a totally something new. I think, um, I, I also listened to a, a different podcast and it's, um, David Chang from, well, how many, he's got a whole bunch of restaurants. Yep. Anyway, he's got a podcast I, out. He had Ronella on a long time ago. Yeah. And he, he was just talking to a food critic who came in and, uh, went through one of his restaurants. Um, Chang is currently not a head chef at any of any, any restaurant. He's kind of into um, promotions or uh, producing right now. So he's reaching across what he was explaining to be like this glass wall that critics acted like they didn't know the chefs and chefs acted like they didn't know the critics. So now kind of going through this, I'm already breaking through the glass wall and, yeah. and talking to a, a podcast critic. <laughs> Welcome behind the curtain. <laughs> I think it's I think it's definitely it might be something that's new, but I think it's catching on because now I have seen uh, the Whitetail Experience. Uh, he has a big Facebook following. Uh, he started doing kind of like a weekly review of podcasts as well. That are those are all very Whitetail specific, but I think it's it's starting to be that one of those niche things that people are like, well, why not? You know, me too. And you picked, I mean, kind of like the the Whitetail guys. You picked something you loved. You pick something that you were passionate about being the, the hunting and fishing podcast. Um, as you, what's, I mean, you're talking about the David V, but what got you to say, you know what, let's go with the, the hunting and, and fishing podcast. Is that something you grew up with or is this something you're now as an adult being able to explore into? Uh, almost more as an adult. Uh, I grew up in small town uh, in the Thumb of Michigan where everyone, you know, opening weekend, there's nobody in school <laughs> or opening day except for me and the girls. <laughs> and I was like, you know what, I need to figure out what this hunting thing's all about. And so like my junior, senior year of high school, I started hunting. And from there on, it's been, you know, I've been kind of self-taught, reaching out to some friends that were really into it, that had been for life, you know, and they had their their grandpa and parents and the land and stuff to kind of like help teach them and then picking their brains about things. But podcasts really help because I can be listening to those all day long and you get a little bit of everybody's voice and everybody's opinion from across, you know, the U S and get to make your own opinion from what they've said and yep. try it out yourself. So, yeah, there's gotta be a lot that you're, you're sorting through. Um, just, I guess I'm I'm pulling this out of nowhere. Um, how many podcasts? How many different podcasts are you currently, or I should say, regularly looking into? And how does a new podcast end up on your radar? Um, I couldn't tell you the number off the top of my head. I'm trying to pull up if I could see like subscriptions. Most of the ones that I am like weekly subscribed to that I try to make time for are more local podcasts i found kind of after you know listening to all of them i mean not not actually all of them because there's new ones popping up all the time but from listening to a majority of them that some of it just really is far off from what i'm going to be doing so i've kind of almost dialed back into more like midwest area 
and especially Michigan. I know these people are going to be hunting the same kind of terrain I am, hunting the same kind of animals. And so what they're saying, I can try as well. You know, we might even be in the same neck of the woods on the weekends. <laughs> might be that this guy running this podcast was actually in that truck that I saw at the parking lot that I thought maybe I'll go to the next one. <laughs> um, so I've kind of gone from listening to, there were like the bigger ones, Gritty Bowman, uh, Rich Outdoors, uh, Randy Newberg, you know, those really big names and kind of the ones I'm su- subscribed to now to listen to more often are like yours, uh, Bowhunter Chronicles, The Fall, Deer Hunter Podcast, those guys here in Michigan. I'm flattered that uh, weekly you tune in into ours. Um, but yeah, there was even, I think when I started mine, you know, we're looking at maybe year and a half, um, it was there was like a big boom right around when podcasts were coming out. Um, I know there was a couple BHA guys that had started one. And yeah, like like everyone on the Michigan BHA board started their own podcast at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it was there was a fishing one, there was a hunting hunt camp podcast, there was there was a few of them that I was like, oh, listen in, you know, I, I shared one or two of each of them. And I was like, and then they kind of took a break. So it's you know it's good to have people that are motivated to keep after it. You know, yours is every like two weeks, I think. Yeah, uh, but a lot of but a lot of them, it's like okay, I know on. Wednesday, this one's coming out. You know, on Monday, Meteor's coming out. And you kind of look forward to it. Here we go. I'm I'm going off a different direction now. Um, as you're looking at a podcast and you begin to critique it, I know you haven't gotten to a point where you're you're giving like a Siskel and Ebert thumbs up or thumbs down. Um, I know I I got into a, another thing that you did here later later in the podcast. Um, but as you're going through and critiquing a podcast, what are you looking for? I mean, A, the, the information um, and entertainment, th- those are, I assume are going to be big things that you want to do, but is is schedule something that you're looking for? Is there certain individuals that you're looking for on these podcasts? Like, what are you looking for to say, like, eh, this is one I want to tune into weekly? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of times it, it is kind of like, a big guest name pops up. If I see uh, Dan Infall or John Eberhardt or any of those like big names that everybody kind of goes back to for advice, if they're actually in person on a podcast, I, d- I tend to listen in. Um, but I do listen to as well, like just people I've never heard of just to get another voice in your head of new ideas, possibly uh, as far as like, whether I really listen in again and like the show, a lot of it is audio quality. Uh, were they were they entertaining? Were they relatable? You know, um, I, I'm not relatable to Lee and Tiffany. I don't have a huge farm, 2,000 acres or more, that I have a lot, a lot of food plots that I can be hunting on. So... Would I listen to their advice day in and day out? Probably not. I'm going to listen to somebody who's going to be, you know, going out and grinding mobile hunting on state land and taking their advice and what they've tried and what happens, you know, works and doesn't work. Kind of the million-dollar question that I'm going to pose to you now is through all this consumption, we we as creators, we we want to make make sure that we're giving out good content. We're going to want to make sure that the information that – 
I know personally that I'm putting out is going to be either new or I want to inform somebody, but at the same time entertain them um, through not only my work, but then through the work of all the, the podcasts that you're listening to. The million-dollar question that I have is, has it helped you uh, with your hunting and fishing by listening to our content? Oh, it definitely has. Because even if it's, if I don't have an immediate takeaway from something, like even if it's just somebody's, you know, shed season's coming up. So every single podcast is going to be shed hunting tips. And just having that in the back of my mind, whether I'm, you know, actively listening to it or not, I'm going to be motivated. I want to go out there as well and see if I can find some sheds, uh, see if I can, you know, do some spring scouting that's going to help me out. And it, it's given me a lot of those ideas that, you know, growing up, I never knew about spring scouting. That's how you kill the deer in fall. Cause that just wasn't something, you know, I didn't have a, a father figure or whatever that did that, you know, and a lot of people around me didn't do that because they just knew they had to go walk out to the stand that's been there for 10 years and you're going to be there opening morning. So it's, it's definitely helped me learn a lot about how to hunt, you know, now that I'm living by public land and I've never done that until the past two years, how to get out there, how to kind of grid search and dial in, you know, where the deer are going to be, where I need to be, how to get away from people a little bit, find a new area and make it happen. So even if it's not like a very key takeaway, it's still every single day it's motivating. You know, if you want to lose weight and get ripped, you start following people on online like The Rock and uh, who's that that other actor from Boston, uh, Mark Wahlberg, you know, people like that that are posting workout videos and motivational speaking. And if you want to be a better hunter, you, you listen to hunting podcasts and you follow hunting online and get motivated to get out there and get after it yourself. So this 2019 then, you've got, uh, you know, at that point, you probably got a year, two years down as far as listening to content, being able to adapt your game, um, jumping in from being, sounds like just being a public, or excuse me, just a private land hunter into a public land hunter. Uh, how was your 2019 deer season? Were you able to get out, see some big bucks? Did you shoot any does, deer? Bucks, what did you get this year? Yeah, it actually was pretty good. I uh, last year, you know, I like I was saying, you know, learning about killing bucks in the spring. I, I went out and started doing some winter scouting over here. I live by uh, Sleepy Hollow State Park and Rose Lake Wildlife uh, in Lansing, kind of mid Michigan area. So I had found kind of an area I wanted to look at started looking, found all the deer sign, and then all summer had cameras up, seeing deer, had bucks on camera. I think I have pictures of them on my Instagram, on like the stories thing saved. And then all of a sudden, all these hunters showed up halfway through bow season, so <laughs> had to move and scout again and then hunt the hot sign, as everybody says, and ended up uh, finding where the does were at and killed the doe on public land with my bow. And that was like a 15-yard shot, and I was just kind of scouting a new area and sitting behind a log on a five-gallon pail. So <laughs> I love it when stuff comes together like that, that, you know, you're like, yep. ah, you know, it would be really nice if, oh, a deer would walk right there, and there she is. Yep. 
that's just kind of that, I guess, like hunting public or Dan and fall. It might look stupid if somebody sees you doing it, but it works. <laughs> I think it's some older content from they have, but the one guy went out there with basically a spray painted um, step ladder, and he ended up yeah. sitting on like this edge of like cattails, like this really big yep. marsh. And I'm looking at that and like, I'm like, what a goofy idea. But it took me to walk out with my climber and I'm like, man, this is the spot where I need to be, but there's not a tree big enough for me to yep, climb they... up into. And there was like these, oh, they're probably two or three inch at the base, thick willows that just came up and kind of created this shield I was like, man, if I had a stepladder, I could stick it right behind that. And I was like, oh, my goodness, the infault, like, persona is starting to take over. So that's awesome <laughs> <Yep>. to hear. <laughs> and then uh, I shot a, a buck, like, opening weekend of gun season. And that was on my parents, where I grew up, on, like, 15 acres out in ag country. Uh, they, we have a pond in the backyard, and deer always come to that. So it's not great hunting property but it's a transition area where they come through drink water on their way in between fields kind of thing um but they're they just sold that so i'm gonna be hunting a lot more public land next year so <laughs> thanks ma thanks dad yep <laughs> gotta retire to the golf course great <laughs> well hey sounds like you're doing really well over there at least the the rose lake area i've got a uh dustin my my co-host he uh he hangs out in that neck of the woods, so yeah, you'll probably run into him. Hopefully, not too often. Okay, yeah, I, I, I think I saw you said he was moving this area, and I, I told him check out uh, oh, uh, what's the name of that barbecue joint? I'll have to think of it and message it to you separately. But there's a uh, a good barbecue joint, and it's in Oakmus in downtown. You split, and then there's like meat. It's called an Old Town, which is an hour wait Texas style barbecue place. Oh man, that's good an hour wait for texas barbecue i i think yeah, i could do that it's worth it and there's bars next door so if you need to go have a drink while you wait i was just gonna say can i pregame while i'm in line just wanted to take a time out and say thank you to the listeners for tuning in it really does mean a lot i would also appreciate that if you haven't already left a rating or review uh to go ahead and do that it all helps folks find us and get on board using and enjoying their wild game. Feel free to chat with us and ask questions either on Facebook, The Huntivore, or Instagram, at Huntivore. Got a recipe you think is dynamite and want to share? Or have some show topic ideas? Email us at Huntivore at gmail.com. For even more hunting and fishing podcasts by real, relatable sportsmen, head over to Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, which happens to be a 2% for conservation company who give 1% of their earnings and 1% of their time helping out the wildlife and wild places we all love. Now, back to the show. We're on like a little HOA that's around a private lake, so... Being a private lake, you got um, you got ice on that lake yet? Yeah, there were people out this weekend ice fishing. Uh, actually, quite a few. I saw even a couple snowmobiles out there in the middle of the lake. Uh, I, however, was indoors all weekend because I was recovering from sickness. So. <laughs> oh, bummer. Yeah, you get the influenza A, B going on. Yeah, 
are uh, Michigan still in in that middle of flu season. So glad you're yep. on the up and up from that. You mentioned in your bio um, that along with uh, listening to content and gaining as much as you can, um, you're preparing for a Western hunt. What is this hunt that you're preparing? Did, did, has it happened yet, or is it? are we still in the, the prep stages of it? So a uh, typical Western-style hunt uh, hasn't happened yet, like an elk or mule deer type thing. Uh, I did, out of college, was living in Dallas, Texas for three years, so I did a little bit of hunting down there, um, but not like your typical Western style. I do want to get out there, but it seems like every year something comes up and we don't make it happen. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Last year, we were trying to go uh, antelope, possibly in South Dakota, and it turned out my brother was like, well, we want to move houses, get this house with a horse barn, with a riding arena and all this, and and then my cousin that was on the chain too, he was like, well, I think I'm going to go over and visit Tokyo and whatever. So my money's shot too. So we ended up moving it to next year. And then this year, my brother just had a baby. He said, I'm out again. So it keeps getting, uh, getting kind of pushed. Oh, but man. as, as we're looking at it every year, the prices keep going up. I just saw Idaho and Wyoming are, going to be up in their prices this coming year or next year about a couple hundred bucks because it's just it's getting to be almost out of reach <laughs> yeah it keeps going up and up even i mean increments you know nickels and dimes at that point they do stack up are you looking yep. at general general uh tag then at this point rather than uh a points tag or something yeah at this point uh the last time we kind of talked about it, it was like well if we're going to do something we're going to need to know early in the year to figure out what area we're going to. And it's going to be like a cow elk tag and maybe even like only one of us buys it, but the three of us go and, you know, to keep the cost down. Cause every time we look into it, they just keep going up and it's getting to be where, you know, they're complaining about out of state people showing up, but when they're, the prices are that big of a swing, they're what's paying the bills too. So. Right. At that point too, even if it's a general tag that you're going out for, yeah, I, you know, I got a couple hundred bucks in here that now the state of Idaho or the state of Wyoming now has of mine. So, you know, you you earned it. It's it's there. Like you said, public land is for the public. We are able to go out there and do that. So, you get a little bit of that tribalism, I imagine, out there that that might be some, it might be a hurdle that uh, we need to get over. Yep. Yeah, I don't know how they're gonna do it, but every time I think about it, I'm like, well, if you want a guaranteed tag, it's you know, with a guide or something, it's five grand and up now. And I think we went on our honeymoon to Cancun for three grand or less for both of us. All you can eat, all you can drink. So <laughs> it's hard to to justify going by yourself out on a hunt somewhere when, you know, you got somebody sitting at home <laughs> twittering their thumbs. Well, she just needs to go along with you. That's what that needs to happen. Yeah. Yep. I can already imagine her over your shoulder right now, just like shaking her head slowly, like, nope, it ain't going to happen, buddy. Yep. Say run, Bambi. <laughs> Something cool that I saw you even throw up, and this was, I think it was right around the end of 2019, is you put out the 2019 Hunt Pod Awards. And that was kind of, that was really neat. 
what was your process um, going through and picking the categories and then picking the hunters or excuse me, picking the podcasts or the, the winners for those podcasts? So that I just kind of came up with the idea one day, uh, sitting around thinking about like what's something new or different I could do, you know, to share that maybe people would enjoy or think is cool. And I, I kind of came up with it and thought, you know, this would be cool because then you could track kind of year to year uh, what changes. And, and and now that I say that, looking back, I, I think I should have done like a, a trendiest topic or hottest topic. Um, and that, that would have been cool to see like what's this year versus last year, which so far it's almost the same. Everybody's talking about heavier arrows and FOC, but... <laughs> Yeah, that has taken off like wildfire lately. Yeah, but but I I think it would be cool to see you know in in a couple of years is that still a trend? Is that still on the up and up, or or do people go back to what they were shooting before? Gotcha. As uh, as one uh, that has dove into the Ashby study, um, you know I, I talked with uh, Troy Fowler, and I even looked or got the uh, seminar that Ashby did down in Kalamazoo, oh, it's probably about four years ago now. Anyway, I found the YouTube, uh, somebody uh, videotaped him, and I watched that. I, I've really drinking the, drank the Kool-Aid on that whole idea of heavy arrow, heavy FOC. And so it is, it, it is I want to say, like something that's brand new that people are diving into. But I think it's kind of like that pendulum swing, maybe that you were alluding to before, that, um, you know, we went away to speed and everything was how fast can we get there and what's my arrow placement and how flat can I get my trajectory and I think guys are now starting to swing back the other way they're saying you know we've we've gotten too light we've gotten too fast because now it's it's not going all the way it, it's not going through it's hitting bone it's hitting stuff and and not happening so we're swinging back to you know the ways that they used to be, which was heavy and a single bevel and how that's, uh, how guys was having more success with that. So anyway, I, I yep. drank it fully. I think it kind of fits my whole persona that I am, I have a little bit of FOC to myself. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> yep. oh, I'm yeah, short, I'm compact and, but I pack a wallow. That's, <laughs> yep. you get outside of 40 yards though, and I'm not going to be too much, but anyway, I can get it's you in cold. the inside. <laughs> We call that country strong. <laughs> there you go. Country a little bit strong. thick, but you, you don't want to mess with those thick guys. <laughs> Hashtag rut gut. Yeah. Well, good. I'm you know, and I'm excited to see what develops from those those pod those uh, hunt pod awards. Just because you know that is something that was really neat. Um, I w- it was cool to see like you know who what was the the star and uh, what was the best new podcasting out there. Um, who had the best guest? That was it was really interesting to see all that. I did notice that uh, Huntivore was snubbed in uh, in yeah. 2019. Sorry, it, I'll have to make a new category. Yeah. Best recipe in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baking the best recipe because I don't think anybody's going to beat me out at that. Like, at the same time, don't don't give me a softball. I want to earn it. That's what I want to see. If I'm up there, I want to make sure that I earned it. See if those hot dogs make the cut. Oh man, have you tried them yet? Did you give it a shot? I have not. I don't have uh, I don't have the setup here for doing something like that yet, but. My uh, my brother-in-law got a grinder for Christmas, and he's all excited to use it. So maybe I'll I'll convince him that's what he needs to try. <laughs> I tell you, uh, fielding players, uh, fielders, and um, uh, 
all the all the positions reported. I think just this week, Cabrera was even out uh, hitting at, ba- at batting practice down in Florida. So baseball is around the corner. Spring training is not too far away. You're going to need some hot dogs. Yep, I do enjoy a good hot dog. That's actually what we had for dinner tonight. So <laughs> hey, there you, there you go. Um, so now we're looking into 2020. Uh, we're done with 2019 at this point. We're into 2020. It's the first two months. By your opinion, what is the state of hunting podcasts? Is it pretty much just the trade show and expo scene right now? Um, what what have you seen that's popped up a lot lately? Yeah, I think that is that's kind of the cycle year in and year out. Is you know this is the end of right now is the end of the trade show season where everybody's at the trade shows talking to each other and they're talking about you know the latest uh this year's saddle is the big thing um but the latest new gear and what they're going to be looking to change in their setups you know getting ready for the coming year and then from there it transitions into that winter spring scouting and shed season um, and then there's just like a gap where you got to figure out what to fill it with after that spring season and leading into the fall. <laughs> and, and luckily like around here, you know, you, there's camping season, there's fishing. You're, you're always out grilling. So your podcast is set. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I do kind of like those moments where, you know, everything gets kind of quiet and there's like repeats and folks are, are trying to figure out what to talk about. And I'm just like, Hey, let's just bust the grill out again and let's find a different way to cook this. So no, yep. I, I do enjoy those moments. Uh, after that, it gets back into, you know, hunting season with all the Western stuff kicking off first, you know, in September, they get after it before everybody else. And, and then we're off running the races. So, well, speaking of these trad shows, um, we were we probably two ships in the night passing. Um, you were down at Kalamazoo at the traditional uh, bow show, weren't you? Yeah, I went with my father-in-law, who uh, is lending me his trad bow to use. Or actually, it was his dad's bare bow. We were trying to figure that out, looking at the one of the displays there of when it was made, and it's somewhere between like sixty-six and seventy-two. <laughs> That's but. super cool. So. So you didn't pick up an extra bow down there. I was just going to say, do you have some trad bow uh, ambitions? Did you see one down there? But you're actually using a uh, a family heirloom at this point. Yep. Yeah, I am. And it's uh, it's like a 52-inch uh, bear Kodiak Magnum. So it's, I don't know, 45 pounds and 28-inch. So I, I could hunt with it. I think it would be really cool in one of the spots I found to shoot a doe with it over on, on state land. I mean, there there is a spot where every time I sat, I would see five to ten does, and they would come within ten yards. So, if I could make that work, that'd be really cool. Now that Kodiak, that's a that's a recurve, correct? That's not a longbow. Yes. Yep. And it, and it's a really short. I mean, it's fifty two inches tip to tip. You know, so I think most of the rest of them are like sixty to sixty two or something. Yeah. So I reading the reviews on it, they're saying like, I don't know how anybody ever killed a deer with this. It's so inconsistent. And I'm feeling a little bit better about my lack of form. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, the, the reviews say it's already inconsistent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm shooting a, a shorter, snappier bear paw 
uh, longbow, but it's a it's a reflex deflex. It's not a full recurve, but it does kind of you see it instead of having the traditional D shape of a longbow, it does flare at the ends. Um, that one I got uh, a because it was just kind of like a it was a a bow within my ra- like price range, but at the same time it was shorter. It, that it's a forty five pound, but I can get some good speed off of it. The bamboo on that really makes it snappy it'll it'll send the arrow quick um but yeah it's also shorter um adam from uh the bow hunter chronicles was kind of he was jabbing me earlier there saying that most of the bows were taller than i even was so (laughs) but yeah i I like that shorter snappier bow yeah i I ran into adam actually uh at aaron steider's seminar we were both standing in the back because we showed up late (laughs) He uh he said it was it wasn't anything earth shattering, um which I'm sure he he's going around he's talking the same, um the same thing over and over and over again. Did you find uh the seminar to be engaging or you're like yeah I think I've heard this before already. Uh well a lot of it was basically he's saying hey this is what I think works for me, and you need to try it for yourself and decide what you like. So because he kind of just went through here's the different ways to aim with a trad bow and here's what I like to use. And this is why, but you need to figure it out for yourself. And then he said, uh, he kind of dove into the arrow building a little bit with FOC and said, here's what people are telling me I need to do, but I'm not shooting. He said, uh, who in here has shot an Asiatic water Buffalo? No one. Okay. Me neither. That's why I don't have 30% FOC. <laughs> and, and he kind of broke down what he does and why. And he says, but you need to figure that out for yourself. So, Well, that's cool. I'm glad he kind of puts a balance to to what we're talking about. That there, at some point, you know, you're going to have to find where, just going back to our FOC, that you need to find something that is going to work well for a, I mean, we're here in the Midwest, it's whitetails. And will a 350-grain arrow with 100 grains up front mechanical work yes but it's got to be a really good set of uh circumstances for that to happen right when you start adding the weight and and when i made mine i for a whitetail it's like twice as heavy i'm at 600 grains or 650 grains and i've got 300 of those grains up front so i am approaching that 19 19 and a half percent but at the same time i'm not going to a thousand grains something that i would want to use yeah on an asiatic water buffalo or some wild hog down in texas that's just not the setup we have so you got to find a balance and that's kind of what he alluded to too he was like i i don't need as heavy of that up front but i do want a wider cut head just in case you know the shot goes off a little bit and then you're hopefully still you know, cutting into a vein or something important you need to. So as we're looking into to 2020 as well, and we're f- looking forward into uh, this year of hunting, um, you've already mentioned that there's a, a bucket list item on there of taking the, the Kodiak out and getting a doe on public land. Um, what else are you looking to do uh, this hunting season? 
I know we've got again the 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 Western Hunt that's probably going to be a dream until twenty twenty one or something, from the sounds yeah. of it. Well, at least until uh, we get uh, everything figured out with my brother and his kids and my wife getting a job and us following the same route at some point. And <laughs> the next few years are, are pretty shot. So <laughs> kick, kick that down the road. But uh, whitetail and turkey in the next couple months coming up here. And then uh, Chasing Tails does a yakking for bass challenge. Uh, I don't know if you heard about that last year. They were on Bowhunter Chronicles. But I'm looking forward to that. It's like the month of June. You do kayak bass fishing online. Um, so that's kind of like my filler for the summer to get me through. Well, now we come to the crescendo of uh, of our podcast here. I'm looking to see what you've done with the whitetail that you got this year with your buck. I'll stick with specifically venison for you. Um with it being now, I, I guess it's kind of cold today. It was cold last weekend. Um, what are you, what's one of your favorite rib sticking meals that either you or someone you know makes with, with venison that when the temperatures drop, that is what you want to have? Well, it's, a lot of ours gets used for chili with beans, by the way. <laughs> from All right. Big All debate. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess I was trying to come up with something different, and I something we've tried recently is turning beef stroganoff into venison stroganoff. So basically, just about everything is the same, but swapping out what you're using for the ground. Now, you, yeah, usually that's a. I want to say, isn't that like a a strip, or at least a that's a chunk recipe? Um, but you've adapted it to using ground as well, right? Yep. Yeah, you can use either, um, and I just I happen to have a lot of ground meat this year because we weren't set up to cut up stuff ourselves, so ended up with a lot of ground this year from the butcher. Um, yeah, we we do it, and I don't know, it's fairly straightforward. I don't know if it's an official recipe or not, but this is kind of just the way my mom did it and the way I do it. <laughs> you like cut up a few cloves of garlic, some onion, and cook it till it's translucent, I guess, and then throw in a pound of meat, uh, add some, we always use garlic salt because I love garlic salt, <laughs> and then brown that, uh, add some mushroom soup and some sour cream, and then once that's good to go, you put it over either noodles or rice, so. Yeah, some of the like flat, wide butter noodles, I remember those as a kid, we haven't used those type of noodles in a while, but I remember that just being yep. like long ribbons, um, and then yeah, just pouring that stroganoff over the top. I tell you, that's a that's a Midwest home run right there. Yep. Cream of mushroom, sour cream, ground. That's a that sounds wonderful. That's definitely a rib sticker right there. Yep, that's a good good cold season recipe. <laughs> My next one. This one takes a little bit more thought, a little bit more detail. And this is the date night menu. Um, you and your wife of now one year, correct? Yep, just over one year. Just over one year. So you got you got a lot of chances here um, to get this one just right. Now that you have a, a uh, fixed audience, she can't get away from you now. Right. Um, and it, yeah, this is post Valentine's Day, but. If you're heading out on a date, it's just you and her, but you decided to 
take it up a notch and do some cooking from home. What are you going to be fixing that is going to make this date night go just right? You know, I had to think about this a little bit, and I was like, well, I guess the probably like the first time I ever cooked for my wife, that was a pretty easy recipe. I like I like easy recipes because I'm not you know a four star Michelin chef or anything. Um, lots of burning, but <laughs> I, I make do. Um, but the first time I cooked for it, it wasn't venison because I was living in Dallas, and it was actually some fish fillets. But is that fine if I, I do one of those? Or you want another venison? I will. I will allow the fish fillet. I'm looking over here at the board. I'm getting the thumbs up on the uh, the fish fillet. Go, okay. Continue on. All right. So first thing is preheating the oven to 450 degrees, and then I was just using even uh, frozen fillets, but we've done this with salmon that one of my friends have brought back from Alaska. Um, and you just take them, lay them out on a baking sheet, and spoon on uh, some oil, like vegetable oil, and then season them with whatever you want. Uh, I was using Mrs. Dash, and then slice lemons, and you put one slice on each fillet, and then bake that for 12 to 15 minutes and pull it out and it should be good to eat with whatever, you know, I just did like Spanish rice or something to go with it, some broccoli. I tell you, that combo of like that citrus oil and salmon, like if there is anything in the food world that is really like the holy trinity, like that is one of those many things that just happens to work out awesome that that little bit of acid just really pops on that salmon yep and i like that where it's kind of just baked right onto it almost and then when you go to eat it you can just pick up that and squeeze what's left onto it it's good gotcha so that that was that was one of the first meals you cooked for your wife and hey she is still your wife congratulations sir she she said i don't really like fish i thought oh well this was a bad idea and (laughs) she still ate it so it must have been pretty good Well, hey, that's a win. As long as she ate it and she's still looking forward to it, yeah, you've turned a non-fishy person into liking fish. That's that's an achievement, man. Yep, I try. <laughs> well, hey, this has been a great uh, you know hour here to be able to to sit and chat. Um, I want to give you just a, a moment. Where can folks find um, your Instagram? What's what's your handle? I, I mean, I've already told them that it's uh, at hunt pod but again what is your purpose for having uh this uh instagram page and how can we find you yeah anybody uh have a new podcast or specific episodes you want me to listen to and to share um it's at hunt underscore pod on instagram uh currently that's the only place i'm available but basically i'm just out there for myself to learn um, and that's why sometimes it's maybe a little bit more biased towards Midwest, towards whitetails and archery. Um, but anything that can expand my mind, what's going on in the outdoors, you know, I, I love to listen to it. And I would love to share that with other people so that they can listen in as well and, and they can learn as we all do. Well, excellent. Hey, Matt, I, I first off want to say thank you for making me a part of of your Instagram page and being able that um, I'm creating content that's worthy to share so i'm flattered by that and just want to say hey thank you from all the other podcasts for putting this out because i think it is it just kind of elevates the community up a little higher in the views 
that we're getting new people looking at what we're creating all the time. So thank you for uh, for doing this. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure that I, hopefully through my channel, was able to lift you up a little bit through our talk tonight. Yeah, I, I mean, thanks for having me. This is great. I hope to uh, be in touch with you still soon. I mean, I know we chat all the time on Instagram and stuff, but hopefully run into you at an actual event. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I'll keep my eyes peeled now. Um, if you want to just hold on for a second, Matt, I'm gonna gonna send our our crowd out here tonight. So, folks, if you uh, are looking for more content and would just like a a little bit of a better show note presence or really know a, a true summary of what's coming down the pipeline, head on over to Hunt Pod. Um, I'm sure he's gonna have a whole assortment of new podcasts coming out that you should give a try. So, folks, as you go on out tonight. Make sure you keep uh, your show notes open and your knives sharp.